special brewery showcase episode of Brutal Battle. Yes, this is a brewery showcase episode that you've been promised for some time, listeners. Yeah, like a long time. I know. I've been saying it and saying it, and then I just keep, I kept like not doing it for different reasons. And now we're finally doing the brewery showcase episode for Wicked Weed. Now, I had been planning to do this for a long time because I was planning to do it even before the acquisition by Anheuser-Busch InBev, but that's as much as I'm going to say about that. If people want to know anything about the acquisition or any of our feelings on that, we did a whole episode about it some time ago, so you can search the website, you can search iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that stuff, and listen to that. This is just going to be focused on the history of the brewery, the beers that we have in front of us to taste, and the beers that they have been putting out. And And we... I've had all of these beers for over a year now. Yes, that was another thing I wanted to say. All these beers actually are about a year old since we got them. So some of the flavors may be a little bit muted. Some of them may have gotten better. They may have kind of like better integrated. We don't know. So just know going into it, these are all about a year old. So flavors may not be exactly the same as when they were like totally fresh. So, um, yeah, so that's just the only kind of thing that we needed to throw out there about, you know, the flavors potentially being a little bit different. But other than that, we're going to do what we typically do. We have four beers in front of us. All of these are, I tried to get them as different as possible for what we have. Uh, There was one beer that I really wanted to put in here, but we already had it as a warm-up beer on a previous episode, and I'll talk about that later, and people can search for it in other episodes just to know how it tasted. Spoiler alert, it was delicious. So, um, Did you have anything to say before I get started with the background info? No, I thought we should have a beer first while we... Oh, okay. We can do that. So, what I'm going to go with first is one, of, is one of the styles that Wicked Weed's mainly known for. Their, their most popular stuff, even though it's not all they do, are like sour and funky beers. Because they have their whole Funkatorium, which is... devoted to, like, sour and funky beers, and they do a lot of barrel aging there. So, the very first one that we're doing is one of their Britannomyces beers, and it is, uh, actually, oh, Fil de Ferme. Fil de Ferme. I don't know how to say it exactly, but it's, um, a Britannomyces farmhouse ale fermented with honeysuckle and orange zest. Hmm. And it is 4.2% alcohol by volume. And this one is thanks to my sister, Caroline Cook. Thank you very much, Caroline. Oh, yeah. Uh, she and Jason Tabling, thank you also, Jason, were de- they were down in Asheville before we were, and they brought back two Wicked Weed beers, and this was one of them. Oh, so okay. we didn't even, this is one that we've not had before. Of the four beers we have in front of us, we've only had one of them before, and this is not one of them. So, and I... I will note, Rebecca, I brought some stuff to sop up uh, beer. I was wondering if it, what all that was. Yeah, I have like some rags and um They're not even rags, they're like our dish towels. Yeah, well I gotta have something to sop it up if it goes crazy, because you know, there's some there's some possibility it could go everywhere. Alright. I don't know how I feel about, I'm not wild on honeysuckle. Well, I mean, you don't know. There have been beers that I've heard of by them, or was going to try by them that I'm like, I don't really like the sound of this. And then I try it and I'm just like, well, damn, that was executed extremely well. This pours like 
almost clear. Yeah, there's a very slight, like, straw-type yellow, but... It almost looks like a wine. Yeah. It almost looks like a slightly yellow Sprite, basically, because it has really large bubbles that are coming up, too. It's interesting. Hmm. Well, I definitely get the honey on there. Oh, yeah. There's tons of honey in the nose. I get that funk. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I get honey and funk. I get the lemon zest. Is it lemon zest? Oh, orange zest. I'm sorry. Citrus zest. Sorry. Now do you get the orange zest? Well, I do. Well, here's the thing. It was a citrus zest, and it was smelling kind of sour, so that's why I said lemon. Because, honestly, it does smell kind of lemon zest. Yeah, I I could see that. There's that funk, that lemon zest type. I don't Even know if I can zest. pick out honeysuckle. I don't think I can pick out honeysuckle. I pick out honey. Yeah. It's got, yeah, it's got those honey notes in there. It smells really clean, though. Like, after the funk, it's going to have, like, a clean finish. Oh. It's got a slight tartness on the end, but a decent amount of funk to it. The flavors are really muted. Well, and also, like I said, this has been about, actually, this one... Actually, we this one's like a year and a half old, basically, because it was bottled in April of 2016. So, hmm, it's not doing anything for I, me. So I could see where the honeysuckle is because I'm looking for it. It's just this kind of very, very slight flowery note on the very finish almost a tad bit perfumish yeah i could see that but it's really 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 light um i don't i like I it i can't say i like dislike it because right. there's not a lot flavor wise to like or dislike it's easy it's yeah i feel like this would be a good with food oh yeah beer of theirs which we're gonna eat dinner after this so we yeah. can put that to the test that's true um but yeah, like with food, I think it'd be really good. There's a decent tartness. Like at first I said it was very slight, but it builds a little bit more as you keep sipping it. Um, and I like how there's a nice funk to it, but the funk doesn't linger. It's like you get a kind of like a medium-low funk going on, and then the in the finish, that kind of tartness kind of overtakes the funk and replaces it on your tongue. And you're left just with that kind of like bit of tartness, which comes off as lemon zest to me. And then I do have like a slight perfumish floweriness in my mouth as well. Getting a lot of phlegm build up already. Yeah. Well, there's yeah more phlegm. There's to come. more to come. Yeah, potentially. So continue to sip on that if you like. Sip on it. I'm going to tell you a it's little gone. bit about this place. So, Wicked Weed was established in 2012, December of 2012 to be exact. They basically started around the same time as this podcast. Wow. So they're about the same age. So I actually looked back and we posted our very first episode on the website in February, early February of 2016. Mm. Or I'm sorry, not 2016. 2013 is what I meant. And Wicked Weed started in December of 2012. So mm. we are just about the same age as Wicked Weed, which is a fun fact. So they were started in 2012, December, by um, Walt and Luke Dickinson, as well as Rick, Denise, and Ryan Guthy. I think it said Guthy, G-U-T-H-Y. And they had known each other for some time. These were kind of like family friends. Uh, Rick and Denise are the parents of Ryan, G- 
Guthy. And Walt and Luke are brothers, mm. the, the Dickinson brothers. So Walt and Luke had known Ryan growing up, and Rick uh, had known Walt and Luke's father growing up. And apparently they had played basketball together through middle, high school, and college. So they knew each other for a long time. So there was always that friendship there. So um, Walt, Luke, and Ryan, prior to actually opening the brewery, actually went on a RV trip around the United States because they wanted to kind of see all the best craft beer bars, breweries, and tap rooms that they could find around the country, I guess, just to get ideas of, like, we're going to be starting a brewery. Like, what do we want? Dude, that sounds like an amazing time. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to do. I mean, I don't want to open a brewery or anything, but I just want to go around and try all the best breweries, tap rooms, and, and beer bars. I mean, damn. Sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, when they eventually did open, they ended up opening at a 15-barrel brew house. That was the size of it. Um, with 17 beers on tap from the get-go. Wow. Which I think is impressive. And in comparison, they're usually serving about 29 at a time right now, which is also a lot. Yeah. Like, that's a that's a crap ton. So, mm-hmm. so that's interesting. Um, I also wanted to give a quick... Um, no, that's enough. I think that's good for now. There's not going to be, like a lot of these, I'm trying to cut down on some of the stuff. And since it's, once again, like one of the younger-ish breweries, there's not like a crazy amount of information. But I thought this was an interesting story just because of, you know, these all the people involved in owning the brewery right now knew each other for a long time. So you're trying to get everything out? Yeah, because I go back and, like, smell my glass, and I just get a ton of honeysuckle. Oh, now you're getting all I'm the getting honeysuckle, s- huh? like, so much floral, like, I'm trying to rinse my glass, because I, oh, yeah. I don't like that at all. There is a decent amount in there now. Well, we'll get past it with this beer. I have a feeling that this beer will be more on the aggressive-ish side. So what we're going to have next is called Pacific Most, and this is a Mango and Guava Goza. Hopefully the fruit, since it's like a year old, the fruit hasn't really fallen out too much. And this one was bottled in August of 2016, so it basically is a year old. Uh, ABV, 4.1%. So there you go. This is like a baby bottle. Yeah. Compared to all their other ones. Well, because this size is... Is this just a regular bottle? This is the 12-ounce, and usually what they serve... Is let's see what the size is. Uh, nine ounce. Oh, these are five, nine ounce, five fluid ounces or nine fluid ounces. It says five hundred milliliter, nine fluid ounces. Because there's that bump uh. bump in the bottom. So actually, even though it looks larger, it's less. What tricky, huh? So this is this looks smaller and it's twelve ounces, and that looks larger and it's nine ounces. Also, it's a thicker bottle at the bottom too, toward the bottom. This is like so, an optical illusion. Yeah, a little deceptive, if you will. I like the bottle of that. Like, the top has, like, etching. Yeah. Or... Oh, another thing that I want to point about point out about these beers as far as, like, taste, because we talked about how they're older, so they might that might change it a little bit. There also might be a bit of a change because these have sat so long straight up, so there's sediment that mm-hmm. will have settled in the bottom that we're really not going to get to until after we're done recording. So things like fruit 
may not it may be significantly more prevalent in the flavor and smell when we get to the end of it. So, so the Pacific Most Mango Guava Goza, yeah, looks almost like the uh, the first one. Yeah, it's, it's not as light. Sorry, it's not as light though. It's right. It has a little more yellow to it, and it's got more of a head it's to it. Definitely as well. has more head. And it's a mixture of like really small bubbles with a few a, larger. A little hazy. Yeah, there's a slight haze, which I'm assuming is from the the salt content. Oh, that goza. smells so good. Ooh, that does smell good. It's. I just get like light, fruit, like tropical fruits. Maybe some guava and mango. Yeah, I could never pick that out, but it smells tropical. Okay, tell me if this is kind of weird, but it's weird. I. I'm smelling those fruits, but I feel like they they smell like they're candied. It smells well. I you know it does smell like sweet. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm picking up on. There's a bit of like a sugary sweetness to it, so I feel like I'm smelling candied tropical fruit. It's making my mouth water. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting some like really um, wheat characteristic. Oh, that's it. You're going in. You never. Well you're, well, you're talking. You never go, start no, go ahead. to sip before I do. I'm, I'm just getting ahead of the game. Go um, ahead. I was saying I get some like wheat characteristics. Mm-hmm. It's to quote Ross Miller. It's smooth, smooth. I would not mm. guess this is a goza. Is it because the the salt content isn't what you would think it is? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's it's more smooth. smooth. Yeah, it's smooth. <laughs> it's a smooth. It's crazy smooth. But actually, that's part of what the salt does, is it really yeah. smooths out usually the sourness in the goza, which there's a sourness there, but it is smoothed out it's by that. such a light sour. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, this also has a lot of light flavors. Yeah. It's Good with food, but yeah. not... As like the first beer, it just is like leaves you wanting. You're like, what am I just drinking? I'd rather just drink water. I didn't feel that way, but oh, I did. You know, mm. that goes is really tasty. Yeah. Um, the do you get a whole lot of of the actual tropical fruits, the mango and guava, in the taste? Yeah. Eh, I mean, a little bit, not as much as in the nose. Right. Yeah, I agree with that, but it's. I feel like all those flavors are on the same level. Yeah, it's it's balanced. Mm-hmm. It's well-rounded. It's light and balanced. I like it quite a bit. So a little further information about, you know, Wicked Weed and, and the creation of it. So the backstory on the Dickinson family specifically. The Dickinson family uh, actually founded a successful company in the 1940s known as Dickinson's Jams. Now, that was eventually sold by their grandfather in the 80s like to... jams, like you put on biscuits and things? Yes. Not like yes. jams as in tunes. No, not as in tunes. Especially not in the 1940s. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I don't think they were calling anything jams back then except actual jam. Jam. Now, that would be very cutting edge, though. That's extremely. So, the, their grandfather sold in the 80s, sold the company to... Smuckers. Smuckers, exactly. So oh, that going, is fascinating. Yes. So I'm going to assume that the that the family had some money to start. Some yeah. good money. Because start their jams. Yeah, exactly. And you gotta think, in the eighties, 
Smuckers was very popular. I mean, they're still popular they're still popular, now, yeah. But I feel like in the 80s and 90s, they were, like, crazy popular. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's interesting. Also, it's that tie back to the Dickinson family having experience with fruit, which they uh, use in a lot of their beers. When you found that out, were you like, oh, shit, dog? I mean, not quite like that, because it's jam. <laughs> but, I mean... I was I was like, this is interesting. This is definitely because I'm like, whoa, yeah, mind blown, right? So Walt specifically, he started in cooking. Like, hold he, on, time out. Do we think it's interesting? They have a successful jam and they sold. They have successful beer. They sold. Yeah, that was another connection that I had thought about yeah. too. But I don't really want to talk, you know, about I know. sale much. But yes, you are correct that you know maybe that. That was an aspect that was like, well, you know, this has happened before with the family. It's not that big of a deal. So, you know. Um, so Walt, specifically, specifically Walt Dickinson, started out in cooking. He did a lot of that. And then he just decided that he wasn't really feeling cooking so much. So he wanted to still be, like, creating some sort of food or drink item and be artistic with it. So he decided, hey, I want to do some brewing. Let's mm-hmm. try that out. So he ended up working for... Craggy Brewery, which I've never even heard of. I don't even know if they're around anymore. Uh, Green Man Brewery, hmm. which we know about yeah. in Nashville, as well as French Broad Brewery, hmm. which That's also in Nashville. Good. So all those things. Um, two years prior to actually opening Wicked Weed, Walt focused on working with specifically Britannomyces pediococcus and Lactobacillus. Um, as everyone knows, these are the the strains of bacteria that will give you sour and funk um, because he believed that this was the way to go, making sour beer for the future. And he really viewed doing sour and funky beers as an investment uh, because it's something that you make it and then you put it away for a while to mm. let it mature. The other thing is it's not a beer that you can just like one and done, like you do it up and it's good, and then you put it out. This is something that you have to take a lot of care with to make sure that it makes it to the final product that you're looking for, because otherwise you're going to lose that investment. You know, Because breweries do it all the time. Good breweries do it all the time, where they'll dump something that doesn't come out right, because they're like, I'm not serving this. This is didn't go well. Right. So, uh, interesting thing to know about him. So Luke Dickinson actually ended up getting into brewing when he was 21 years old. Apparently a friend of his gave him a brewing kit, and from there on out, he got hooked on it, he loved it, and he just Was he really 21? Wink, wink. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that was just what is said (laughs) publicly. Uh, He eventually ended up volunteering to do some work at Dogfish Head Brewing. Oh. uh, In Delaware, obviously. Everyone knows about Dogfish Head. And he also did an apprenticeship in, with brewing in Germany. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. So then he came back and they decided they were going to start this brewery together. So it was actually Luke and um, Walt Dickinson who formulated this idea from the get-go. And they kind of sat down and they're like, hey, you know, what do you think about doing a, a brewery? Because, um, you know, we obviously both like to do brewing. Let's make this happen. So then they reached out to the Guthy family, who obviously, as we established, were longtime family friends, and kind of wanted to bring them in as investors. Uh, But it ended up turning into something more, and they actually just ended up becoming partners with them. So everyone has their role within that group. Um, 
Luke is the head brewer, and he says that he's more of the detail-oriented and scientific person when it comes to the beer. Uh, Walt is the head blender, and Mm. he says that he's more of the artistic person, so that makes sense for doing the blending. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like mixing paints or whatever to to have the color come out right. He's doing it with taste. Denise Guthie um, is mainly focuses on like the aesthetics of like setting up their their bar spaces, their tap rooms, all that kind of stuff, and then also handling a lot of the merchandise. And then Rick said that he does basically the stuff that that is like quote not sexy. Mm. He handles financing, risk management, facility management, and trademarking. Yeah, boring. So he's like the guy in the back not getting any of the fame. <laughs> and everyone else is significantly more visible and getting all the praise. What so. about Ryan? There, I couldn't find anything about what Ryan actually does, to be honest. <laughs> so, he just drinks the beer? I guess. But uh, apparently, I mean, from a little bit of what I I read, he's he helps. I don't know. I'm hmm. not 100% sure, but... Okay, well, ready beer for number beer number three. three? I'm very ready. This is the one that we've had before. And it is called Medora. Uh, it's an American sour with blackberries and raspberries. And it is 6.6%. This is a big jump up from what we've had. And this one was bottled in May of 2016. The other thing I have to point out is their labels are awesome. Oh, I love that. I know. The artwork they have on their labels is so good. Well, and it's interesting, too, because they're all different. You know what I mean? Like, some breweries, I feel like they all have, like, a similar style. I don't know. Like, the they, colors. They vary them up. Yeah. They do have a lot that are very, oh, my God, this is a gorgeous beer. I forgot how beautiful it is. So, the Medora actually almost looks like a blush. Like yeah, a right. like a blush wine. Very cool. It's like so tart on your nose. It's got large bubbles around the edges. No sm- no small bubbles at all. Oh my gosh! I get so much raspberry out of that. What is raspberry and what? Boysenberries. I know you just read it, but I no blackberries. Okay, okay. Raspberries and blackberries. I mainly get the raspberries though. <laughs> I mean, no, I see you, the blackberries too. Can you really pick out the difference? Yes. No, you can't. There's. I mean, like I can tell there's like dark berries in there. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you if you said, "Oh, there's blueberries," I'd be like, "Oh, okay, okay maybe dark berry, sure." Yeah. Is there strawberry in there? Yeah, maybe there could be. You I know. Could, yeah, I would definitely say I could see some strawberry in there. Raspberry, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Like you definitely can tell there's a blend of berries. Yeah. It's definitely not all raspberry. Beer looks really clear too. It's um I don't smell a whole lot of sour on it. Oh, I do. I don't smell I I smell tart and I smell the a slightest amount of funk to it, yeah. but I mainly get a lot a lot of fruit. The fruit really? is very vibrant with this. Mm. Mm. It is sour though. It's not crazy sour. No, it's not crazy sour. It's just. Although when you let it sit and you're not taking another sip, it does start to build on your tongue. That perks up your taste buds. I will say as someone who is not like a huge fan of sours, I did really enjoy going to Wicked Weed because I I could appreciate it and, you know, 
a lot of the beers were satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you can really appreciate what they are. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, the, they're complex and... I And I feel like they have so many different flavor profiles and blends that pretty much anyone can find something that they are interested in. At least at the Funkatorium, because mm-hmm. you need to remember, we just went to the Funkatorium. That's, these are not all the beers that they have. They have other stuff. What do they call their ones? The that, clean the beers. The clean beers. Is what they call yeah. the other ones. I'm like, They're clean like beers? What, what's that? So, um, this is a juicy beer. I, I feel like with that sourness, it's like a medium sourness. It's juicy. There's a lot of that raspberry to it. But I also feel like I get what comes off as like a bitterness that is like tannins from yeah. fruit skin. And I kind of like that because it reminds me a little bit of wine when I drink the beer. Hmm. Which is cool. Yeah. It's, it's a good beer. And there is like a slight amount of funk on there. I like it. So as far as sour beers go, are you good with this one? Can you and this beer get along? I mean, yes. I'm going back for more. Good. I'm trying to decide like how much I like it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, while you do that, I don't have too much more. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to finish up my information now. And then we'll have the final beer. How are you? How are you going to pronounce that one? I have an idea of how, but we'll we'll get there. So, at this point, Wicked Weeds actually produced over five hundred different beers, hmm. and that's that's a lot considering that they are only like a a little over four years old at this point. Like they're pretty young. That's a lot of beer. That's a lot of beer. Yeah, exactly. And I think that obviously there's a lot of blending going on, and that's why you're getting. That many different types. Also, you know, like we were saying, like, Walt's big into being, like, super artistic. I think he's probably the type of person who just, like, constantly wants to create something new, something new, something new. So, there's that, too. Um, So, they own four properties at this point. They own their downtown brew pub, which was the original location for them. Then they own the Funkatorium, which we were talking about, that houses all their funky and sour stuff, their non-clean stuff. Uh, they have their 50-barrel production brewery, and then they have their, what they call, Funk House and Headquarters, which is mainly a brew house with a training facility as well, and their, you know, offices where they can work out of. So so that's that. Turn my page, because I have all this written down, and I'm going to go over a few of the beers. Now, like I said, they have over 500 beer, beers that they've done, and they're constantly doing all this new stuff. So I just kind of went through and got like a smattering of different things that I thought sounded interesting just to let people hear how diverse what they're doing is. Um, And I do have to say, people should check out their website, honestly, because their website is really well done. Hmm. Uh, One of the coolest things on there that I've never seen any other brewery do, you can go under their beers and for each of their beers you can click on it and it'll have a write-up on the beer, which is not anything new, everyone does that. But it'll also, each one also has a video about the beer. Oh, wow. And one of the staff members is talking about that actual beer and, you know, its traits and all that kind of stuff. Which I thought was really an awesome thing to do. So, check that out. So, here are are some of the beers that I chose to talk about. One is called Arcanic. Now, this is a fooder-aged Belgian-style ale brewed with plums, currants, and Belgian candy sugar. Huh. So that's their Belgian, what a, what their Belgian thing is. 
Uh, they have one called Malice. It's a Britannomyces farmhouse ale fermented with blood oranges, tamarind, lime zest, and ancho chilies. Oh, that's interesting. Sounds super interesting. They have their gin barrel aged imperial cool cumber. It's a golden ale brewed with cucumber, basil, and juniper berries, then aged in gin barrels. That sounds mm, refreshing, right? It does sound really refreshing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, then they have their French toast. It's an imperial stout brewed with cinnamon, vanilla, and maple syrup. Yes, please. Yeah, exactly. I saw you perk up. I was like, Rebecca's going to love this one. That's why I put it on there. Then here's here's an example of how they hit a lot of stuff that they you know everyone needs to hit. Freak of Nature Double IPA, Iron Lady Black IPA, Lieutenant Dank IPA, Tyranny Red IPA, Amorous Sour IPA, mm-hmm. and Napoleon Complex Pale Ale. They hit all the hoppy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had the Amorous Sour IPA. That kicks so much ass. Actually, it was on the show uh, a long time ago for one of our Brutal Battle Royales, one of the early mm-hmm. Brutal Battle Royales, and I believe Matt Van Zant brought it. I wonder how Matt's doing. Yeah, we need to contact him. Get him back on the show. I know he had a kid not all that long ago, so I was giving him we time. Get but some of these oldies Reach back. out to him. Mm-hmm. Alright, so then we have, here's some more interesting stuff. Hot Hop Cocoa. It's a porter that they brewed with chocolate. I want to try that. I want to try like all these beers. They have one called Hoppy, or uh, I'm sorry, Happy Ending. Uh, barrel-aged sour ale fermented with plum and nectarine. Happy ending? Yeah. Ha- ha- oh, happy blending. Blending. Did I okay. say ending? I think I thought you said ending. Okay. Happy blending is what I meant. Oh, that's Sorry. cute. Uh, one of my favorites of theirs, which I did not expect to really like, but mm. loved it when we went there, Pompo N. So this is a rum barrel-aged sour pumpkin ale fermented with ginger. And here's the thing. For me, ginger is super touchy. Yeah. But the, it's such a low level of it, and they blended the beer so well, and that rum barrel aging really helped with it, that it's just, like, it's awesome. Plus, I hate pumpkin beers, but I love this beer. Didn't we drink that while we passed out candy last year? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have two bottles left of Pompo N. So we had three total that we brought back, and I'm going to ration them out, and they're mainly just for October, because... Well, we need to drink them, because what if they're not good anymore? I'm sure they'll still be good, but we can... We had one last year when it was fresh, so we can see how they develop. That's what's cool. You can yeah, see how they then go. Then it's like, then you're not drinking it at its prime. Well, we don't know. I mean, what what is considered its prime or what you're calling its prime yeah. might not actually be your prim, the prime for your taste buds right. or my taste buds, you know? So, uh, so that was Pompo N. Love it. White Angel, oh, White um, Angel. which is a barrel-aged sour ale with wild grapes. That, I did like that one. Did we have White Angel? We did have White Angel. I was thinking, was it Golden Angel or White Angel? It was was White White Angel, actually. Yeah, we had that when we were down there, and it was so good that I wanted to go back the next day just to have more. We did? Yeah. You don't remember? We stopped in real quick, and I had another glass. Yeah, and I think I was driving, so I just sat there and was bored. But it was so good. And the big thing is, they do a whole series of their Angel beers, which are special release and people wait in line yeah. for those beers when they're released, and they sell out same day. One of those dealios. And then the final one is one that you and I love, love, love. And it has been on the show as a warm-up beer mm. before, so go back and search. I think it was an episode with Dan Kim. Uh, they're Silencio. Oh, yeah. 
Bourbon barrel-aged black sour ale fermented with coffee and vanilla. Do we still have some of those? We do. Yes. I don't know if we have two. I need to keep better inventory. Or three, or I don't know. Our beer. So the Wicked Weed in our our beer cellar is in a box, so it's Uh, kind of out of sight. So, yeah. yeah, We need to go. Someday we need to go through that closet. You can inventory it. That's fine. We also have some Oblivion, which is like a sour red and... We came home with so much beer. Yeah, we, yeah. Well, we're whittling it down very slowly, and this beer is too sabre, basically. So, But that's all the information I had okay. for, for Wicked Weed. Let's crack um, open this last one. Well, real quick, what do you think oh. about Wicked Weed? Um, Obviously surprised about the jam and oh, smuckers. Yeah. I'm but, like, what do you mean? I feel like that's such a... Yeah, it's an open-ended, very open-ended. <laughs> what do you mean? Exactly. But... I mean, okay. I think they obviously do good stuff. People like yeah. them. Yeah, They have um, a wide variety of beers, which is yep. awesome, and they do them all well. Even within the realm of, because they're most known for the funky and sour, even within that realm, they're doing very diverse stuff. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, for someone who doesn't like sour beers all that much, like the Silencia, I yeah, forgot about that. that. I love that it's beer. It's amazing. Well, and I remember when we were there, and you weren't all that excited when we were going in because no, you were like, like eh. it's going to be a lot of sour stuff, I'm not all that into it. And then you saw the Silencio on the menu, and you were like, what? Yeah. And it Which was a lot delish. of like the, uh, you know, some of those dark flavors that you don't always associate with sour yeah. beers. More people should do dark sours. Yeah. Really should. So, let's do our last beer. And uh, this is, uh, you know, I was talking, I don't like pumpkin beers, but this is a pumpkin beer. And we've not had this one either, but we're about to taste it. It's their barrel-aged Zabalba. And that's spelled with an X. It's an imperial pumpkin ale with uh, cocoa nibs, chilies, and spices. Mm. And it's, excuse me, I believe it's aged in bourbon barrels. Yeah, I think it's... Oak bourbon barrels. It says that on there. Yeah, so. Oh, uh, ABV is 9.5. Big step up. Big step up on that I'm one. I'm really interested in this one. Yeah. Well, and... We just have one bottle of this, don't we? Uh, I think we have another bottle, but it's not barrel-aged. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it's like right. the regular Zabalba. Yeah. So. This is all coming back to me. Yep. I remember, like, buying all this beer <laughs> and then trying to get Carlin to, like, whittle it down and then... Well, we were also buying beer for other people. As gifts. Yeah, we bought, so. like, all of our Christmas presents. Yeah. And what amazing Christmas presents they are. Well, and then right. I was just thinking, when we go to Boston, we could bring back Christmas presents. Yeah, we can bring back all sorts, because we're driving. So, um, it looks kind of like a brown ale. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Or a porter. It doesn't have much in the way of Ooh. bubbles. It's just a little bit around the edges. Oh, my gosh. That nose is like Ooh. bourbon barrel coffee. I get that coffee on the end. I get a lot of sweetness from the mm. bourbon, though. Like, a lot of caramel in there. Man, this smells so good. A lot of caramel, a lot of vanilla, a lot of chocolate. I don't think I'm picking up chilies in the nose no, so much. I'm not either. I'll have to see in the flavor. There's a little bit of a raisin note in there, though. But there's a ton of bourbon coming through on the nose. Oh, man. That smells really good. I'm excited about this. And... You know what? As I as I smell it, you know what it smells a little bit like a boozy version of the pumpkin chocolate chip muffins that you make. What? Smell it. 
Ah. Doesn't it? Okay. If you like soak that, soak those yeah. muffins in bourbon. Oh yeah. You are well, you only picked it up because before we you were re- talking about Yes, it. before we started recording, I said I think I'm gonna make those pumpkin chocolate chip muffins this but, weekend. But I'm right on that comparison, aren't it I? It does, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let's try this bad boy. It smells delicious. It smells like it's gonna be way more than nine percent. Yeah, it does kinda like tickle your nose. Mm. I get the chilies on the end. I get them. They're not crazy. Yeah, it's well balanced. Heat in the back of my throat, not anywhere else, really. It's dry. It comes off more dry than I thought it would. I'm getting, like, almost like a little bit of, um, I guess it's the bourbon, like, cherry. Okay. I can see that. It's very super drying, and I'm actually getting a decent amount of the oaky character coming through. It is really dry. I get a lot of, like, that bourbon-y sweetness with, like, a little vanilla, a little caramel. Yeah. Um, I get... Some of the chocolate, but I oh. don't get a ton of the chocolate. I get, I get definitely, I was just going to say, I get, I get the chocolate and it's nice. It's like a nice, like, yeah, fresh chocolate. I don't. The only thing I would say about this beer is that I feel like I want more body I, to it. Yep. I was going to say that too. But then I was like, I look and it's a pumpkin ale though. Yeah. It's I know. not a stout. I know. I, I just think maybe, well, it says Imperial. Which I know that just mainly has to do with the with the alcohol content, but with Imperials, I usually like more body yeah. to it. So if there was more body to this, I'd like it more. I still quite like it. It's, yeah, it's well done. I had the same reaction on because like with those big flavors, um, with this type of beer, you are expecting yeah. more body. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I, I like it. There's a solid astringency in the flavor. You think? Yeah, I, I just get a lot of, like, there's a lot of bourbon playing in in the flavor. A lot. I can't believe this is only, this tastes like. It tastes like more than 9.5%. Yeah. It tastes, it tastes like 11 or 12. For sure. To be honest. Which I think is a, a, a bad thing for the beer, honestly. I, I wish it wouldn't taste as astringent. But then again, like I said, this is about, like, a year later, so it may not have been like that before you know there may have yeah, been more is. more presence with the chilies there may have been more of a chocolatey presence to it and yeah whatever spices mm-hmm. were in there may have been more more prevalent but um it's good especially for you know being a year old this is I like know. a weird lineup of beer for me yeah um well and i i intentionally picked through what we had to try and get a, a smattering of yeah different stuff i didn't want anything to be kind of the same because we had some other ones that, that were bread, and we had some yeah. other ones that were just like a sour-fruited beer. Right. And I didn't want them all to be, or even to get two of any Do of them. Do we have more bread berry We have one bread berry I think. Yeah, that was a good one. So, we've got a few things down there. Actually, after this episode, maybe we can go, should go down and just look through for inventory. After this episode, we need to eat dinner. I kind of want to pop a Silencio, too. No. Oh, no. my gosh. No, <laughs> so absolutely good. not. Okay, but anyway, um... Like, I don't even know how to rank these, because they're so different. Yeah, they're super, super different. Um, it's... Mm. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, okay. I think... Well... I was about to say I think I know how I'd rank these, but... I know. I need to taste one more. I mean, not... None of these beers, like, blow me away. Like... 
when we're done drinking these, I'm not going to be sad that they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? But they're all solid. I'd say they're more than solid. Yeah. I'd say they're they're all quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, although, you know, it is important when you say that, it's also important to reiterate that we've talked about beers that from them that we were, were blown away by, oh, for by sure. like, you know, white angel, obviously I talked at length about the Pompo and the Silencio that yeah. we hit on. Well, it makes you wonder again, like if we had these beers a year ago. Yeah. Would, right. Like I'm nervous to drink the Silencio again. Mm, I think you'll still be all right. Yeah, but... And if you're that nervous, I can just handle it for you. Oh, yeah. You know, I... Honestly, I don't think you should even have to worry about it. I'll just take care of that. What a wonderful husband. Okay. So, I think my top is going to be the... Zabalta. Then the Pacific Most. Then the Medora. And then the... One... Oh, uh... I can't pronounce. Field de Ferme. Yeah, the Honeysuckle Field de Ferme. Um... Okay, so I think I'm going to go the Medora number one. Really? Yeah, that Medora is really good. It's juicy, it's kind of sour. Yeah, okay, it's, I could see that. It's really good. I really like that. Then I'm going to go the Pacific Most. Yeah. The Pacific Most was really good. It That's was really a nice good. tropical goza. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the, Z- the Zabalba. And then the Field de Zabalba. Yeah. But for me, the Zabalba and the Phil de Ferme are kind of close, in my opinion. Hmm. I know you don't feel that way, but... Yeah. Okay. All good beers. I enjoy all of them. I'm going to have a great time finishing these off while we eat some dinner. I'm excited to eat our cauliflower pizza bake. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Yeah, definitely. So, um, I'm glad we finally did this episode. It's been promised for some time. And I told him he's not allowed to put any... Any more, more beer, beer in the, in the fridge. fridge. Because we cannot, I cannot seal my food and then food goes bad because I can't see it and mm, find it. Because there's beer in front of it. Because there's You just two... have to drink the beers to get to the food. Well, we did that and now we don't yes. replenish it. Right. But this that's what I like about being like, oh, we need to record some episodes. It'll get beer out of the fridge. <laughs> but you just keep <laughs> replacing it with more. Not always. Sometimes. Always. Eh. All right. Anyway, thank you for being on. Mm-hmm. Thank you for drinking these beers with me. Thank you, Wicked Weed, for making very good beers and yeah. existing. Um, you guys started around the same time as we did. But Just what? Saying. Very cool. So, thank you, everyone. Uh, if you have ideas for brewery showcase episodes you want to see, or anything for any of the episodes we do, or new ideas for episodes, you can contact us, BrutalBattlePodcast at gmail.com. And we're on social medias, so look for Brutal Battle on all the social medias, except we're not on Instagram. You totally should be on Instagram. Not doing it. You're not on Snapchat either. Is that a social media? I think so. It's more like texting. No, I think it's social media. Okay, well, fine. It's social media, apparently, but I'm not doing it. (laughs) You should do Instagram, though. (laughs) You could just post pictures of all the beers you're drinking. I could do that on Twitter and Facebook, but I don't, Mm. so just saying. More people do Instagram. Okay, got it. Anyway, thanks everyone for checking this out. Go find some awesome beers, and until next time, keep it brutal.
This has been a Nerd Circle Podcast production. 